So welcome to our second Spotlight Supplemental. These are the little bonus episodes we do every once in a while um, for things outside of our main mission to uh, watch all of the Star Trek films in order. Uh, I'm joined by my usual co-hosts of Paul. Hello. And Matt. Hello, how are you? Uh, We've also got with us not one, but two guest stars. they are kind of experts on what we're going to be talking about today because uh, today's subject is comedy in track. Um, you know, I think Star Trek has a fine tradition. Or be intentional. <laughs> yes, be intentional. It has a fine tradition of intentional and unintentional comedy, but um, all the way through. But our two guests today, Stephen Trumbull and William Stone, Hello. are both hey. stand up comedians. Um, now, Stephen, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you found your way into stand-up comedy, and then we'll move on to William. Uh, comedy is just something that I've wanted to do for years, and like most uh, comedy open micers, there's a good five or six years of, of fretting before you eventually do it. I'm very, I actually feel very, very grateful for it, actually, in the end, because I think if I'd started doing comedy when I was 20, I would have been a really bad comedian, if I imagined me in university. Um, uh, but basically, just like... You're 40 now, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm 31 uh, next week, my friend. Um, yeah, no, uh, just, just banging around the open mic in London, and uh, uh, if it hadn't gone well, I would never have done it again. How it's, long have you been doing it? A year, exactly. A year exactly. What's yeah. the day? Almost to the day. Yeah, like uh, to the week at least. I'm of sure. this recording in February. Of this recording right? in February. Yeah, just wow. just before my birthday. Okay, William. What about yourself? Well, I I've been doing stand up for a year and three months, so pretty similar to Steve. Yeah, um, and yeah, I just started doing open mics in Brighton, and then started gigging in London. Um, I didn't. It's not something I've always liked comedy, but I haven't always wanted to do stand up. Uh, and then a, a few friends of mine started doing stand-up, and I, th- I think I thought, oh, okay, that's something that I could do. So I gave it a go. <laughs> so in comedy, you were thinking about being more writing comedy before, or just not really? Just, just no, be, I just enjoyed it. Comedy, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, so uh, seeing people at the top of their game, you know, you watch stuff on TV. It's kind of like, how do you get to that level? But seeing people at the lower down the sort of mm-hmm. um, ladder it's like oh yeah I could do that and then it's a step by step thing mm. you know right. so, um, okay. and you see on TV the people who are debuting on there have done the hard work at the kind of at yes. the clubs yeah. haven't they comedy seems to be one of the few things now or maybe the only thing in the entertainment industry where you can still potentially work your way up as it were from mm, the yeah. open mic mm. Building up the amount of minutes you do and everything, like eventually getting kind of you know a headliner and then scene and you know, make it eventually to that TV status that you were kind of talking about. I did about. a question about that actually because you know when I first saw you, Steve, it was a it was a seven minute uh, yes. gig. Everybody's on seven minutes. Is it like the different like uh, blackjack tables? It's like <laughs> ten minute. minute well, no, no, it's, it's <laughs> usually it's usually <laughs> you you you, you usually mic. do open mics where you do a five <laughs> and then uh, you you are. Uh, aiming for and reaching for the uh, unattainable tight five. This is where you have a five that's full of great jokes and you have to do about like 20 fives (laughs) to find enough jokes to make a tight five. And then uh, Brighton luckily does um, slightly longer sets, which is nice. So seven, Mm. eight minutes and then tens. But um, a ten can get slow very quickly. (laughs) I bet when it's going bad, five minutes can feel like an hour. And you're like, oh God, I've got to fill this. 
the and thing the hour is what you're aiming for, isn't it? No, well, well, I mean, but no, but that, that's actually ways off, man. Yeah, like, well, like, obviously. No, no, yeah. no, but no, but it is. In the, in the, I don't even think about an hour right. because I can't imagine doing an hour. I mean, I grew up listening to comedians, you know, uh, doing doing their Netflix <laughs> specials and <laughs> yeah. stuff. So, I, <laughs> so it's one of those things where uh, I think uh, uh, I'm just. I think maybe the mo- twenty minutes is my limit in that I'm allowing my brain to think about at the moment. So, if someone said, "Here's a Netflix special," you'd be like, "Uh oh." Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it depends on style too, because a lot of uh, comedians that I like from the '80s do like one-liners. Their mm. specials are like half an hour because you can only yeah. do one-liners for so long. You know? <laughs> yes, unless you're Ken Dodd. This is true, <laughs> and I am not. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've my five minute set is like nearly thirty jokes. You know what I mean? So mm. I don't, know, I can't even imagine doing an mm. hour. Like if that's how many I can get yeah. into five minutes, you know imagine what I mean? So imagine two hours of one-liners. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Talk to Jimmy Carr. But uh, yeah. you guys are two different types of comedian, as you yeah. just point out. William is kind of like the classic one-liner comedian, yeah. and Steve, you are kind of more, I guess, I sort of the, the alternative comedian kind of thing. Like you know, uh, as it came known in. The eighties, yeah. uh, you know, does more kind of free flowing, kind of like you know, more conceptual, confessional, kind of confessional, self deprecating, uh, but without being miserable. Yeah, anecdotal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So not not well, observational because that's quite that's that's the more mainstream. What's the deal? Yes. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, isn't it funny when you open up your sock drawer and there's socks in it? Yeah, hey! Hey! yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you drop that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I drop all my socks. <laughs> so we've kind of got two very different comedy perspectives. Here and let's remember this is a Star Trek podcast, so let's try and bring it back to that with right. you, Steve, because you are a Trekkie yourself. Yes, and you know there is comedy within Star Trek. Mm. And has any of this been of influence to you at all in your Star Trek career? I don't know. I'd say I'd say definitely. I, I I probably watched more Star Trek than I have any other television show okay. cumulatively. So uh, and there are comedy episodes of Trek, and mm. I, I would I would go so far as to say that. This might be a bold statement to make, but I think that Star Trek may have invented a certain type of comedy television episode. Okay. Which is, uh, uh, I'm not talking about the the bottle, the Seinfeld bottle episode. It's a different thing, but there's a kind of a, a high concept uh, science fiction farce episode, which was then which which started in the original series with an episode like The Naked Time. Where where Sulu goes a bit crazy and starts attacking people he whips with a his top off, yeah. yeah, and he starts attacking people with a sword. No escape for you. You either leave this bar bloodied or with my blood on your souls. Yeah, and I rewatched it last night, and it's actually not as funny as as, as people would think. No, 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 no. As in the rest of the episode gets quite deep and dark, right, and like, so. and Spock cries because he realizes he's never told his mum that he loves her and stuff. It's oh, wow. a really, really amazing episode. But then in the next uh, generation, imagine they've just rebooted Star Trek. Second episode in is a direct sequel to The Naked Time, and it's called The Naked Now. And the entire crew of of Enterprise get essentially intoxicated and they all just want to bang each other and it's hilarious it's where data says fully functional yeah which is Uh, in reference in um tasha yar decides that she wants to sleep with data and uh she asks him if he's fully functional and he says of course designed in multiple techniques of of of, of, uh, causing pleasure and uh it's amazing and 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 there's an amazing scene where crusher and picard almost 
Like she, he, she asks to see him in his waiting room, and we don't realize this, but he's slowly getting more affected throughout the scene. He plays it very quiet, and then she says, "I believe I'm being intoxicated because right now I'd really like to, you know." And then they start kind of, and then he's, he he does this one bit where uh, he kind of does this little kind of horny laugh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, talking. And then as he's like, "I think you had better leave, doctor," and she goes, "No, but you don't understand." And she starts to zip her top. I'm a woman, and I haven't uh, known the pleasure of a husband for many years. Is, you owe me this, Picard. And he goes, Not now, Doctor. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and that is classic, classic. And that's the second episode. That's quite a, quite a risk for a TV show. Yeah. Like on your second episode, you do essentially <laughs> a complete farce. Looked at as one of the better ones. It's no, like, no, no, we I think it's, look, it's, looked up, it's looked at affectionately from, by fans as being funny. Like that, that fully functional thing was so mm. loved, it was reprised. In um, in uh, first, first contact, memorably yeah. so. Okay, yeah. William. We often talk about Star Trek credentials. Um, right. We have guests to the show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the show is designed for non-trekkies. The idea is like you know anyone can come in and get to the show. We're not fans of the show previously. Right. Uh, Matt had never seen an episode or anything like that. So, what's your connection to the show? What was your first exposure? Um, I. I have a vague recollection. I used to watch like the original series. I think it was on like a Sunday. Yes. And I, I was, I, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm 33, and but I grew up with so many shows that just weren't like no one else my age grew up on them. Like, uh, like uh, Lost in Space and like the land. Um, yeah. What's the one? And uh, the Lost. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the Golden Girls, weirdly. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, and, and uh, the original Star Trek series. But then it's not something I've kept in touch with at all, really. Okay. Um, but I like making deliberate wrong references to things in my comedy. Right. So it sort of comes up sometimes with things like that. But um, yeah, I, um, I wouldn't consider myself like a fan. And I don't dislike it. Am I allowed to say that? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do yeah, what I you do. I feel like I'm out, outing myself to your, <laughs> yeah, your no, readership. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> the whole conflict of the show. Yeah, yeah, that's it's the whole idea. We're very yeah. much like, oh, we're aware it exists, and that's fine. Yeah, I think you only yeah, really sure. check on it because just make sure you don't get it right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But you, you told me that you made some kind of animation when uh, you were younger yeah. based on Star Trek, so clearly Star Trek had an influence on your young mind. That's a really good point. I think that it has permeated like all sorts of culture. Like, I mean, I, I'm quite nerdy with a lot of stuff, but mm. I never really got into Star Trek. Right. But um, I think, yeah, it comes up in everything. It's referenced in so many things. Yeah, it's iconic, isn't it, yeah. in that original and series? In comedy quite a bit as well, I think. I think but, it's, um, it's so well-known that you can actually kind of, quick as a shorthand, talk yeah. about geeky things using Star Trek references yes. to kind of get you to that punchline quicker. Mm. Yes, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you know people have got a certain amount of assumed knowledge going into At the end of the day, it's yeah. it's, it's, Trek is going to become like Shakespeare in the half of the phrases that people use they don't realise came from Trek. Trek. Do yes. you know what I mean? That's mm. how it's going to be. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're exactly right. It's like there's some assumed knowledge of that original mm. series, definitely. I mean, I think we've discovered that with Matt watching Beginning to Watch, yeah. Next Generation films, of you haven't got as much prior knowledge of those characters, but mm. those original Kirk, Spock, Bones... Uh, the red shirt kind of element, everything. Everyone mm. kind of knows that sort yeah. of shirt. I mean, like I, I'm well aware of the the red shirt meaning an expendable yes. character. Mm. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's crossed over quite a lot. I mean, even yeah. so much so that in the I think it was the 80s, there was a comedy comedy novelty uh, single 
um, with uh, Klingons on the starboard bow. Anyone what? remember that? that was no. Nineties. Yeah, yeah, was it nineties? Yeah. Okay, well, well yeah, that was all based around school. classic. <laughs> classic <laughs> came to my primary <laughs> school. Oh, what, the, 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 who, the songwriter? Who, the, 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 yeah, okay. and they we played it. So we all followed really? for assembly, and then he goes, "And we've got the writers of that <laughs> hit pop song here with us today." And hooks down County Primary I have to come to this. Like we, we should, yeah. we should be doing something bigger than a private school. <laughs> what a gig! Yeah, 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 it definitely wasn't yeah. the caretaker with a hat on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think Billy Piper came to my school. So, you know, what? Some people get all the luck. Oh yeah. man, we had her on our Pepsi um, like uh, exercise books. They, we, they no, but I would so mu- at that, at that oh, age, like at that age, I would thing. much yeah. have preferred a bunch of dancing Klingons. Though, yeah. really. we, our school was so cheap. They basically had to get sponsored exercise books. They were made from. 100% recycled oh, paper. Yeah, there was really that one year where it was just like, yeah, yeah. Pepsi Max. Yeah, that's the question we Rand. found it off. Essentially, bog roll. But you were talking about um, Star Trek being so iconic that sometimes you know, it can be just thrown into jokes mm, yeah. uh, just because people have an idea of it. Being that you are a one liner comedian, have you ever found yourself writing any jokes like Star Trek based that involve that? Um, my very, very early attempt at comedy in high school when I didn't, I didn't perform or anything but um, I used to like quote things off TV a lot and sort of make little characters and stuff and act things out but um, I, I made like a like a five second gif which is like my first joke <laughs> <laughs> man was, uh, changing with the times it's great <laughs> it was just like this floater in a toilet and then <laughs> Spock's head popped in and said this must be the captain's log. Oh, that's <laughs> solid. That is and solid. And I don't think my comedy's really progressed that far. Since <laughs> <laughs> Gold. So, so this is a gift. This is when what year would this have been? <laughs> I think it was. It must be like ninety nine, ninety eight. Okay, so uh, break my yeah. poo wow. was in full full flight. Oh yeah, totally, yeah. 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 And sadly, this no longer survives. I believe. No. Yeah, it was on an old PC that died when I went to university. Oh, <laughs> lost yeah. to the archives. It uh, probably is yeah. on some GeoCities website. Out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Begin the dark web. Like, yeah, the right about, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, I, I see you've got extensive notes. I there. do. I probably is over. Is there more that you want to broach? I'll broach a couple of things. I will say uh, is an interesting thing that I feel about. Um, well, the first thing I was going to say was that the the whole uh, high concept farce episode was then later uh, uh, turned into a comedy art form by people like Joss Whedon. So 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 yeah so so any 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 uh, show where like characters start acting crazy or like they all turn into children or teenagers like there's an episode of uh, TNG where the whole crew turn into kids and it's like right. the music video for the miracle by Queen <laughs> and they're all they've so got like a young little British kid saying like make it so number one and it's like there's, there's a, you know like and there's like an episode where everyone de-evolves into like a fish or a frog <laughs> yeah. or something like it's just they just, just they lots of body yeah. swapping lots of Groundhog Day episodes over there and then and then later. Like, an actual frog and then yeah, well, no, like, no, as in like a frog like Deanna Troy becomes I think half frog well like the fly but yeah like the fly exactly <laughs> like the fly exactly I know, I know it's, it's it's stupid it's it's stupid and those are the unintentionally funny episodes but I think <laughs> those things then got uh, uh, turned into like in something like Buffy or Angel some of the funniest but I think if it wasn't for Star Trek those type of episodes wouldn't exist in the first place it's genuinely good the other thing I would say is that I find it funny that whenever Star Trek tries to create 
a comedy character, it doesn't usually work. And it's almost the kind of it's always the straight man characters yeah. who are the funniest. Ca- like Spock is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Very the, true. the Doctor from uh, from Voyager or Tuvok from Voyager or Seven mm-hmm. of Nine. Even Seven of Nine gets great. She, I think Seven of Nine is the inheritor of the Spock eyebrow. The yeah. number of times she her little implant kind of rises. <laughs> yeah. It's That's beautiful. P- what he's gesturing to his face, by the way, people at home, with the, the implant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it. I'm putting it in my heart now. Yeah, exactly. So imagine Roger Moore in a silky silver bodysuit, <laughs> raising his. No, maybe this you is. See, yeah, yeah. Yeah. William is a one-liner comic. I'm a visual comic. Okay. <laughs> 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 but no, but no, they, they've tried to do characters like Neelix and stuff, or the Ferengi. Ex- explaining you know, Neelix. Uh, Neelix is the chef from Voyager, and he's not a bad Author character. Of the Star Trek cookbook. He's not a bad character, but he's a bit more. You know, it's a kind of a Jar Jar Binksism. You know, of like whenever you try and be funny, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You need a straight man character. You were mentioning the Ferengi bar yeah. guy from. Well, no, it's, it's as not well. even him, but his whole species. But kind he, of he's silly. meant to be a comic character, yeah. isn't he? But he's show. quite well played. The, the, the characters that work are the characters that are also kind of dark. So Q right. is a hilarious character, but he's scary as hell because he's this kind of prankster god, and he'll show up. And he'll essentially do things that have result in people dying. Yeah, but and he's you've got the unflappable Captain Picard, like yes. you know, uh, Patrick Stewart just basically you know deadpanning him the mm. entire time, and yeah. he introduced this you know Marvel and Eddie who just loves fucking with him all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. He just, it's funny, but and he the thinks relief. they're best friends, but yeah. Picard hates him. It's a long suffering. Yeah, and he yeah. just shows up with just vintage one-liners like you'll see Worf and go oh hello Worf eaten any good books lately and things like that <laughs> <laughs> like he creates tell me how well you still micro brain yeah. yeah exactly and then he's like like he, he creates like some sexy women around Riker and Riker's like I don't need your fantasy women Q and he goes oh you weren't like that before the beard <laughs> uh, and will Picard and Kirk both seem to be or have become almost comedic through those actors' very distinctive performances mm. in the way their line deliveries. Not in the sense of their bad performances at all, I think they're both brilliant, but they have a very distinctive delivery of their lines. Um, funny but, about but that. both very different for each other. Mm. And they, like, as you say, there's not only something funny about that, but I would say both Shatner and uh, Stewart's performances are easy to impersonate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of for parody, right for parody, I would say. Yeah, I think it also, you know, I don't know if it's just because we send a lot of gifts to each other, but like, it has an inordinate amount of yeah, like. Yeah, but it's a treasure uh, trove. Picard, like, do you know, just when he's acting not serious, it becomes yeah. funny, so much funny by comparison to the thing. So there's just a complete goldmine out there of yeah. him well, doing even, very spatial ticks and stuff that he does. Well, even face palm, it's like that is that yeah. is the image. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows like, that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that or that one where he's like, yeah, like there's yeah. there's one oh, where he's yeah where he's like oh, complaining yeah. like, what what's the are you telling me that yeah. dot 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 yeah, yeah. Well, we have to bring a narrator in for you like, <laughs> yeah no exactly <laughs> I think what we'll do is we'll take photographs of you pulling all these uh, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> the return of the comedy gif like uh, yeah. so, what I was going to ask uh, Matt as yeah. our novice uh-huh. kind of uh, Star Trek um, fan for the show um, obviously you've only been introduced really so far to the movies that we've watched thus far um, what do you think are the moments of comedy that stand out for you from what you've seen so far? Well, it's interesting. I imagine the shows, just by their very nature, have more of an opportunity to go comedic, either even with full episodes or just you can have a character going through something in the episode that's kind of funny or current relief ones. But for the movies, it's been 
like you say, it's never really been one character. It's always been the pairing, I find. So it's the mm. pairing of Kirk and Spock, mm. or Kirk and Bones, and there's so many different kind of Spock duos. And Spock and Bones is yeah. one of the best. And yeah, so many different pairings that bring out the best in each other, and they're just being who they are as characters, and then through that it's just funny. Or the trio as a whole in The Final Frontier. Yeah, which any of that campfire stuff. Comedic yeah. Stuff. Um, probably so far we've seen the movies I, fit, I believe you know that's the one highlight of that film for you Paul I would like, say like, actually Trek trying comedy actually really reared its head in our generation's episode so this is the first introduction of Next Gen Crew for Matt right. and the first quarter of the film is Data struggling with his yes. emotion shit yes. and trying to be funny yeah. and it really felt flat for you I could tell which is right. you know yeah. hello, it was I'm a little... Mr. Tricorder and doing all these kind of funny voices it was uh, a little kind of you know low hanging fruit kind of thing to be fair but, that does know. go south very quickly <laughs> that whole situation with yeah. him it's not, it, it becomes very kind of scary when he starts going when he starts freaking out yeah. yeah, but then he still true, does yeah. his like. Uh, I just love scanning for life forms. <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm> forms. <laughs> yeah. Well, this reminds me of one of the funniest Star Trek parodies I've ever seen. Of course, um, which I actually posted on one of our social media pages the other day is Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish's Stuff Track, uh, <laughs> their toy version of Star oh, yes. uh, Trek Next Generation, uh, which features the toy a ship can a surprise, <laughs> <laughs> which I think features a reference. To the fact that uh, data getting the emotion chip. It's my new emotion chip, Captain. <laughs> when it's shit. <laughs> this is Captain Jean Paul Picard. You have taken our ship's counselor, Deanna Toy. Even though she's a whiny flake, she's contracted for more terrible movies and we need her back. In one hour, we will beam aboard your ship and play you at tennis. If you win, we will give you back your crew member. If you lose, we will keep her and destroy your ship. Is there any way you could just keep her and not destroy the ship? Speaking of parodies, one of them has to be Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Quest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually seen Galaxy Quest. Oh, it's Quest. so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's would you suggest bits. watching it as part of this podcast? I would. I, I, I think that. Was, I think that would be entirely there. legitimate. <laughs> Sorry, but, but I jumped on your comment. Please continue. Um, no, no, I was just talking about parodies in general because you were actually saying earlier the you know Star Trek parodies that there's a lot of them out there um, uh, you know you can't because like I said it was sort of it's writing a parody in a way kind of you know what are the best we've actually seen obviously mm. very much Stuff Check springs to mind for me <coughs> Galaxy Quest for you is there everything that stands well, I think out? Galaxy Quest is good because it actually parodies the behind the scenes of a mm, show yeah. and the, the actors get so associated with a yeah. particular performance or a character they can't get away from it and we've got mm. the Shakespearean Alan well uh, Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman Alan Rickman uh, God rest him uh, that is one of like he really brings it in that film yeah. there's a scene towards the end where he he he, he delivers a proper Performance like like Patrick Stewart does, and it's all of it's, it's all so much of that. this one moment. It's one of his best performances. So much of that pays off from what they were known for on the show, and it's all mm-hmm. coming into the reality. And well, the you see this um, Galaxy Quest, I haven't know, but I was going we'll to say that. We'll watch it together. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'd like to. Yeah, I mean, I really like Tim Allen, so that'd work. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that there's there's loads and loads and loads of parodies within Red Dwarf as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with Space Call Directive, which yes. you mentioned. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, of which uh, Patrick Stewart is a big fan. Yeah, ah. and Red Alert as well, the Red yes. Alert bulb and everything. Yeah. Like well, even just, um, you know, the, the, the computer that can generate food. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. but, but it's yeah. always like even that it's a joke because you know, yeah. it's always just curry and pot noodles and stuff. Like you can have anything. <laughs> 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 that's just 
Yeah. yeah. Also, 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 there's that, there's that episode where, where um, Crichton is going to be recalled and replaced with another robot, and they're like, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to, if he comes, we're going to fight him. And well, uh, Crichton goes, is <clears> this <throat> that human phenomenon that you call friendship? And Lister actually says, don't give me that Star Trek crap. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a very, yeah, very good shout. And I love Red Dwarf. Yeah. Mm. I really, really do. I think it's great. <laughs> it's like the Space Corps directives are actually quite similar comedically to the Ferengi rules of acquisition. <laughs> the Ferengi are the, they're a, they're, they're a species that is entirely based around commerce. And they're all basically these money-grubbing, like, like just kind of horrible kind of like you know and quite misogynistic like they're kind of like you know they're, they're this they're, you know they they all their females have to be naked all the time and they just care about money and platinum um but they do a uh, they they have this thing they have Bible is called the rules of acquisition, and every now and again someone will pipe up with. What's the art of the deal? I thought. Yeah, well, it's kind of, well, it's actually it's the art of the deal, but 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 like like one of them, I think one of the rules is uh, new customers are like razor tooth gree worms. They may be succulent, but sometimes they bite back. And <laughs> and then one was like, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> but I think, but I was thinking about it today, and I was like, that's actually quite similar to Crichton piping up with the uh, the uh, space core directives. It's just mm, like an easily yeah. rememberable yeah, kind sure, of yeah. uh, repeat joke that yeah. you. That will go and go yeah. and go. And is it with like with the prime directors earlier on? Have they actually written down anywhere? Have they kind of you know somebody's got to have written somebody's them down. Somebody's got written down. But if there is a way you refer, them, does, does it, are they actually? Does he say the same one again and again? No, oh, no, no, but, it's 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 no but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Every yeah. time, every time the Ferengis say something, it's a different rule, and yeah. it's always so. So, um, so, but somebody I know must be keeping track of them. Yeah. I think they never use the same. There's got to be a T-shirt again. in there somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure someone's released a book which is all the rules of acquisition that we know about and the, yeah it's a good source of there's a great Ferengi episode a great comedy episode if you want a good Star Trek comedy oh, yeah? episode called uh, Little Green Men and it's where Quark his brother and his nephew this is Deep Space Nine this Deep Space yeah. Nine they go on a ship and uh, uh, they, they get caught in a, in, a, in a phenomena they have to dump their cargo which creates this temporal vortex and they end up in Area 51 and uh, the story is that they are the aliens that were captured in Area 51 <laughs> oh, okay. and, um, and it's really good it's, it, it sounds like it's horrible but it's actually really good and there's a whole sequence where they realise that 1950s humans are so stupid that they'll buy anything and because they're Ferengis they, that's what they want to do it's like it's like, why is he what's that thing in his hand it's like oh humans used to smoke they used to these carcinogenic substances they rolled up in paper and so it's like if they'll buy poison they'll buy anything yeah. and there's like a scene where they go what's going on with the atmosphere it's like they oh uh, you know nuclear testing and he's like they irradiated their own planet you know what I mean and it's a really clever like little episode I think that's very funny I, I think that's a really sorry yeah good one of the biggest comic devices is the fish out of water mm, and that's yes. that is what Star Trek is because there is no normal so yes. everyone is a fish out of water there's all these different mm. species together and yeah. it's, it's that contrast between them that creates humour I think mm. you know mm. um, and it's something I, I sort of use in my stand up quite a bit is I sort of play um, not an alien <laughs> but someone that's like this is how I, how I see the world and but present it as if that's normal right and everyone's mm. like no that's not the case and that's where the humour comes from yes that's very right. true yeah 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 yeah. it's like well yeah you're completely right in the sense that the whole mission is discovering new life forms mm -hmm. as they go along so like you say they're doing that every and also and then wishing you had it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and fish out funny you mentioned fish out of water comedy of course definitely one of the prime examples we've seen so far is in The Voyage Home the fourth Star Trek film which is completely fish out of water yeah. in the sense of the uh, the future um, group of the Enterprise beamed down to 1986 <laughs> 
uh, San Francisco and suddenly they are very much fish out of water there because they have no idea what, you know, how to interact with people in that time. Watch, watch where you're going, you dumbass! Well, double dumbass on you! What is this, the Dark Ages and the, the Hello Computer and all that kind of yeah, that's it. It works nuclear vessels? All, it works all the better as well because they are visibly human. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So sort of yes. often with fish out of water, it's like, oh, this person in a completely alien, deliberate mm. context. But um, yeah, so it's just, it's humans, but in a different scenario. And mm. it's, but it works in the same concept. It's mm. not like, oh, these people are from another planet. They are human, mm. yeah. but not of Earth. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, yeah, exactly. I, 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 I think that's really clever, William, what you just said about, about um, uh, you know, stand-up being kind of like... Because there are some stand-ups that I, I know, and I think you're probably one of them, who... who it's kind of like watching Spock just talking, because yeah. he because he obviously doesn't get what everyone else gets. Yeah. And like, if Data did stand up comedy, he'd probably kill on yeah. the alternative, you know, <laughs> circuit just by being himself. Yeah. yeah, just by being himself, just talking about like chocolate sundaes. It's and like stuff. establishing that slightly off baseline. That you're yeah. like, this is my normal, and it's slightly off, and so everything has that sudden twist on it. Well, exactly. yeah, because William, I've seen you perform a couple of times, um, and yeah, I mean, essentially, I would say that you play a character. Mm. on stage would, would you say that's right yeah it's, it's kind of um, I'd say more of a persona but yeah that's kind of nitpicking but I think um, yeah really I just sort of accentuate the nervous side and of my personality and the thing that I, well, what I'm aiming for is I think everyone always everyone has their own situation in which they feel insecure so that's very relatable even if you're an outwardly confident person everyone has some scenario it's like oh, I always feel out of place in that context whether it's like when I'm with my family or when I'm with like you know the lads or whatever um, and so I think that's why even though it's very specific the persona it appeals to I think everyone because it's kind of like oh is this normal and I think mm. everyone feels like that at some point in their mm. life yeah, no, 100%. Like, uh, also, I can't go put you on the spot a little bit. Being that you are a one-liner comedian, apart from your Captain's Log animation, <laughs> have you ever come up with any uh, Star Trek-themed one-liners at all? The nearest I got was a really bad pun in the comedy. I can't remember what the context of the conversation is, so this is a great setup for comedy. But, um, but it was basically that I tried to make a reference to a Star Trek captain, and it didn't land... And I basically the pun was just a hoist by my own Picard. But, um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, if I can remember the setup, then that's a solid joke. Yeah, yeah. 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 that sounds yeah. like something that Q would say. Yeah, exactly. That, in fact, I think it might like you could actually probably yeah. like that does sound like something he would. But say. he does like. Um, he, he play, I think he plays um, a deli- a mailman. Uh, in one of, yeah, he's always showing up in different costumes yeah, or mariachi band. Yeah, yeah he just uh, goes, "Is there a Jean Luc Pichard here?" <laughs> and it's just in the moment, it's it's very easy to me. Oh, uh, I love how you, Matt, you still have no idea who the fuck you. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a tragedy that they never made uh, one of the feature films with Q. Is Q yeah. the doctor with the? What, the balding doctor guy? No, no, no that's no, the, the gadget guy. He's oh, right, the okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. someone explain who Q is like, properly. Q is uh, an omnipotent, omnipresent being from a place called the Q Continuum, and he is essentially a kind of manic prankster god. Right. And he shows up and tests people and uh, and uh, challenges them. He's like, like Loki, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you I know, know. He's like, and he shows up and he's played by John Delancey and it is one of the best uh, comic comedy performances mm-hmm. in Star Trek, but also very sinister. And mm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, because you often think of the Borg being the basic the Klingons of uh, TNG, uh, I suppose they are, but in terms of 
an arch nemesis villain of TNG is Q, isn't he? He's mm. in the first episode, he's in the last episode, yes. he's in all the way through. Mm. Uh, he, he feels like, you know, Picard's Khan in a weird way, kind of like, you know, mm. but mm. I suppose... But although they have a kind of... You feel like almost a friendly yeah. kind of relationship he's in a, a weird way. A, a friend who wants to kill you. Well, no, he's, he doesn't want to kill him. He wants Picard to like him, I think. Right. I think he genuinely... Like, the reason he sends them across the space and they meet the Borg for the first time is because he tries to join the crew and they don't let him. Right. And he's offended by it, that they don't want... They don't feel like they could use his help. Right. And so he throws so Picard was just nice to him. Yeah, then, if like, only Picard, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> in fact, at the end of that episode, there's a great moment where... Because, like, the Borg kill, like, 50 members of the crew or something it might have been I don't know like 18 I think yeah. 18 or something 17 oh. 17 18 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, but they kill a whole deck in fact it's it's it's, uh, it's where one of my dad's favourite unintentional uh, funny lines from the show comes when the Borg beam they, 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 put, through they, it, they cut through the Enterprise start lifting up and Riker just goes they're cutting us up like a roast or something like that and it's just why are you saying that in this high pressure <laughs> yeah. situation it's like, it's like you don't need to cut the roast it comes yeah <laughs> From the replicator, it's like roasted up, sliced. Because that's the comedy thing. Stick a lemon in us, we're done. That's what he essentially was saying. But um, but at the end of the episode, um, he he you know Picard begs him to take them back, and he clicks his fingers and they're back. But all their crew members are still dead. And he's like, I goes, I understand your lesson, Q, but could you not have done it without the sacrificing 18 members of my crew? And Q just looks at him very seriously and says, if you can't take a bloody nose, then you shouldn't be out here. You know, it's, it's dangerous out here. No, but that's what I mean. That's why he's a great character because right. he's not he's, between he's not there just to be funny at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's kind of um, way off topic. It's kind of like Negan in The Walking Dead because he's got yes. some of the funniest yeah. lines. But he is really funny. Yeah. The most evil character. Exactly. But yeah. So I think um, uh, yeah. Again, it's contrasting comedy is essential isn't it I think uh, being able to sort of suddenly surprise people mm. and you can't do that without contrast you can't just be like at this level the whole time you have to mm. yeah this is something that people talk about a lot I mean, uh, comedy being all about surprise yeah. do you yeah. think that's yes. right the, the audience is like the I ball do. Right? I keep do. adapting <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly they, they, they heckle us three times and then the other heckle bounces off <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at yeah. the same time do you not find there are I often find there are times of humour where I can actually see the joke come Mm, but yeah. that's actually what makes me enjoy yeah. it. Well, sure. uh, I, I I have a theory about because I remember somebody said that um, the first laughs were apes in trees and uh, and uh, the saber toothed tiger would show up and they'd all leap up into the trees. And then the moment the moment the tiger left, this is another visual joke. No, the, the, the moment the moment the tiger left, the monkeys would look at each other and go. <laughs> like oh we almost died and they'd laugh as a sign of relief and I think no, especially I, I think especially when you have a laugh when you have a joke that's maybe for a second you think it's going to be not very politically correct or you think some, yeah. you think that they've said something Just, shocking yeah. and then your brain works out what they've said realise the intention isn't that and you go oh and you, there's a re oh I can laugh at this and then you have this relief in you and uh, I think there are a lot of laughs that are like what, what did he say and there's that initial surprise as you say mm -hmm. and then it's the relief that, that that it's a joke and that everything's fine that gets people that's why a whole room can suddenly erupt mm. unexpectedly I think it's, it all goes back to that that evolution of uh, danger
I, one thing I find funny is that I remember listening to your Philosophy of Trek episode last time. Oh yeah. And uh, I with realized, your twin brother. Yes, with my twin brother David. Um, uh, and uh, your you, law. You, you guys were oh, talking yeah, about it. my law. Oh my god. <laughs> I love you, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. But there's um, a thing that I realized, which is that the characters in Trek, especially towards the later seasons of like Deep Space Nine and Voyager, the writing gets a little lazier. And Star Trek actually is quite un-PC towards its alien species. Mm. In that there's a lot of like, oh, you know, Vulcans, they're all the same. There's a lot of like, like there's an episode of, D- of uh, Voyager where the Doctor creates a holographic family for himself. And so he's this kind of dad in this domestic setting. And he genuinely doesn't want his son to play with a Klingon down the street. Because Klingons are all violent. And like, if you think about the Ferengi, they're this, they're this kind of money grubbing, kind of evil. Well, not evil, but kind of like selfish. You know, you know. Like, if you replaced Ferengi with with a with a a, a race a or yeah, like Jew or Saudi Arabia or you know anything like that, it's it becomes hugely fucked up and problematic. Yeah. So it's interesting. And and uh, in some slightly in episodes where the writing has been a little bit more coasty, sometimes you get some sentences that shouldn't be what the Federation say you know you sh- they should be more enlightened than that well you often feel that the writers uh, obviously this is all based on Roddenberry's kind of uh, vision and obviously once he's Past um, the writers are kind of freed up to be like, oh fuck your vision, Gene. Like, yeah, we yeah, exactly. do Because if you watch kind of documentaries uh, with their interviewed, they often feel like they're a bit skeptical. Yeah, exactly. About his vision, go off in another direction. But that's a discussion I, I, I for really another episode. So, so like revered, like the Star Trek and the way it comes from, like you know, these mm. talk about like you know what it stands for. Yet they are the first people to change what it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Exactly. Just can't stick to the British principles because it wouldn't be the show. It has become if they if they yeah. went pure Gene Roddenberry it would have ended and never mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just yeah well my, my dad would sometimes turn to me watching and just go Roddenberry's spinning right now like he would always my dad would always know which episodes Roddenberry wouldn't have liked yeah but I think people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, direct spinning yes yes direct line yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a betazoid my dad <laughs> hardcore of Trek fans who are like oh god I really wish that Roddenberry's ghost would be really upset right now yeah. they're, they're not those people who are very vocal are they yeah. <laughs> happy for the changes yeah like, exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel we're going into a different discussion maybe mm. in Information for a third spotlight supplement. Well, there's a ghost somewhere. Is it? Well, you're impressing the ghost. Do a seance. Yeah, perform a seance with Gene for us. Guest star. I'm sure that will go down well. I think someone else needs to practice his voice. Like, you might be able to answer a question for. We're talking about deliberate and accidental comedy. Yes. In Star Trek, and what I want to know, I was discussing this this morning with with my wife, is the. Riker sit as f- funny to everyone else. Oh, yeah. And like, is there a reason behind that, or the is what? that is the way that Riker sits down? Oh, yes. The thing, you must have seen this. Yes, I've seen this on YouTube yes. and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. It's- My instinct was okay. They're trying to establish that this is like normal, but not normal. It's like different so but how can we do it in a really subtle way that like obviously people don't walk on their hands or and that would be ridiculous but like you know that just like it's just it just reminds you that this is happening somewhere else yeah, or is it just so. kind of, but but it ends up just being funny mm. that so mm. i well, to me anyway it, but it, it, chairs it, don't it, have arms it, so it, it, yeah. is, well, it could yeah. just be a glowing <laughs> example of just how far people will go 
for any kind of characterization in their character. The writers ain't giving it to you. Did he, did he do it the once and thought, I've got to be consistent now. I'm going to do this every time. This is how I've done it. So I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up this uh, bonus episode of Spotlight. But before we go, um, obviously, as usual, you can track Spotlight down on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, all of social media. Um, you can also download uh, the podcast iTunes and Podbean and anywhere else podcasts can be downloaded uh, please do please subscribe please rate and review um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show um, but also we've got Steve and William here um, can you tell us where to find you online oh yes no uh, uh, I am on Twitter I'm at Stephen Trumbull on Twitter and the PH yes with a PH uh, that's get... in the middle of Stephen <laughs> yes yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> the, the, the last 30 seconds of sound is my whole uh, Twitter yeah, address yeah but if you if you track that then you will always know when and where I'm doing a show in London yeah and you also do artwork as well do yes. storyboards and you've got a website I believe yeah very old one uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a word of mouth artist these days <laughs> so geocities uh, <laughs> and go to Spotlight and ask them where they got their fucking art from <laughs> yeah well yeah write us a review and give us five stars and then ask a question in that review where did you get your beautiful art it was of course provided by Stephen Chumble Great who job. is a brilliant artist uh, as you can see from our podcast artwork so if you want to actually hire him and uh, give him some money to do some artwork I'm sure he'd uh, appreciate that we'll draw for food uh, <laughs> William uh, yeah. you also do stand up and I presume we can hear about your gigs online as well absolutely yeah well I'm, I'm on Twitter as Stone Comedian mm. the usual spelling of both those words and um, yeah Facebook um, William Stone Comedian yeah. I, I swear you've just got a new website up is that I've, right? oh yeah, yeah so I've got a, a brand new state of the art Windows 95 style. <laughs> um, a account, hit counter. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got one of them, no. But Sparkles no, in the background. But no, it looks like a Windows 95 desktop. It doesn't look like a, that era Except website. Except you're flouncing in the field. Like a, Pretty much, This yeah. is a deliberately retro attempt. Yeah. You're like the enterprise of websites right yeah. now. Yeah, right? kind of. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's in reference to my whole act. It's supposed to be a little bit out of touch and stuff. So. Right. Um, yeah, but that's, right. yeah, so that's um, williamstonecomedy.com. Okay, and that will have all your gigs coming up on it, yeah. presumably, yeah. yeah, all the information there. Sure. Okay, awesome. And you're both gigging in London and Brighton as well, yeah. aren't you? Kind yeah, of like yeah. uh, a, a, anywhere else, or are you kind of mostly those fears right now? Uh, uh, I've I've dabbled with a little bit in New York, mm. but that's whenever I can afford to get up there, which is once a year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I can I can match that. A few weeks ago, I did a gig in Essex. <laughs> what, what part of Essex? Bright lights, big city. <laughs> Colchester. Oh, okay. So both, nice. I, both my parents hail from Essex. So oh. I'm really pleased to hear that. Are, are, you, are you doing Edinburgh this year? Will? I'm. I'm gonna go. I haven't got any. I haven't got anything booked in, but I've never been before, so I really wanted to go and sort of soak it in and experience it's it before I... It was last year. Fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty much in the exact same situation as yeah. you. I've never been before. And, uh, I'm going to try and get some coming together. Yeah, but um, yeah, I want to sort of 
weigh it up first before I just jump mm. in at the deep end. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you may see us there too. Yeah. Okay, great stuff. Well, we'll be back again probably uh, to talk about another Star Trek film um, in the series uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yep. So tune in then.